Hi there, my name is Erica Browning and I am blown away by all the places your nursing degree can take you. Here we showcase basic nurses doing some really cool things. My goal is to bring to you ideas, options, and inspiration. Think of this as a fun conversation with a friend where you laugh a ton and leave feeling encouraged and empowered. That nursing degree you worked so hard for is just the beginning. I'm here to show you what is possible. This is the Black Sheep Nurse Podcast. Hi, Ayla. How are you? Hey, good, Erica. How are you? Good. So I want to introduce you to everyone, Ayla Roberts. I'm not going to give her whole, whole bio because she's going to tell us everything, but she is a nurse writer, meaning she writes articles for publications about various topics in healthcare. And I think this is such a great opportunity for nurses. I think it's such a great specialty that a lot of nurses don't know about. And Ayla and I were talking before you know we started the podcast that nurses just don't realize how much knowledge they have and that, you know, other writers out there don't have the knowledge they have and they're doing, you know, that job. So anyway, Ayla, thank you for coming on. And I want, this is how I start off every interview. Where are you from? Uh, I'm originally from Tennessee. I was born and raised in a really small town uh, in West Tennessee. No one's ever heard of it. Um, to stoplight, you know, kind of deal. Yeah. But um, so I was born and raised in Tennessee. I moved to Nashville, Tennessee for nursing school. Okay. Um, and then I, uh, but I'm currently in Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, hot Atlanta. That's what mm. it is in the summer. Mm-hmm. It sure is for sure. <laughs> yeah. So what piqued your interest in nursing to begin with? Uh, well, it's kind of funny. I, I never actually planned on being a nurse growing up. A lot of nurses had, I guess, have thought about it for a while or had family that were nurses. I didn't have anything like that. No one in my family's medical. Um, and being a nurse was never really on my radar. I actually wanted to be an interpreter. Um, oh, for what language? So uh, my best friend in high school was deaf. And so during those four years, she taught me a lot of sign language. And so I was um, thinking about being a sign language interpreter and maybe like majoring in Spanish in college and kind of doing uh, being an interpreter for both for sign language and Spanish. So that was my original plan Um, was not planning on being a nurse. And then my dad ended up getting really sick my senior year of high school. And um, and he's he's fine. But um, but when he was sick and in the hospital, I was seeing the way that the nurses took care of him and uh, the way he talked about them and how much he um, appreciated them and loved them that, uh, that kind of inspired me to go to nursing school instead. So I switched my plan, my senior year of high school. Your senior year of high school. Okay. Well, that's nice that you weren't halfway through college. (laughs) No, no. Luckily I at least, yeah, I at least figured it out still in high school, but, um, but it it was kind of a, a last minute thing. Yeah, I always like to ask everyone their story because some people volunteered and saw what nurses were doing and Mm -hmm. loved it. Some had family, some just needed a job, a steady job. And what's great about it is there's no wrong answer how you got here. But I like for people to tell their story because another, you know, other nurses might relate or, um, you know, it might inspire them. Okay. So you have this interest in nursing now because of dad. And uh, what then did you, what's your education track? Um, I was super traditional. I went into my BSM program straight out of high school. Yeah. Um, so I did the four-year uh, BSM program. And so I graduated and became an RN when I was 21. 
<laughs> which is crazy to think about looking back on it. But that's that was, yeah, that was how it turned out. So I was 21 when I became an RM. Wow. Mm -hmm. So what was your first floor or your first experience? Uh, I started on adult med surge okay. with some telly thrown in there. Yeah. Um, it definitely wasn't my first choice. I, I wanted to be a peds nurse. Pediatrics okay. was my dream specialty. Um, but back then, it was really, really hard to get into a new grad residency program, um, yeah. at the, especially at the children's hospital that I was looking at. At that time, if you didn't get into their residency program, there was zero chance that you would work there as a new grad. Um, yeah. There were no exceptions. They were super strict about it. Um, so of course I didn't get into the, <laughs> I didn't get into the residency program at that Peds hospital. So when that happened, I had to pivot and, you know, just start looking at other options. And, um, I, that's how I ended up in adult med surge, but I only stayed there for a year, um, okay. before being able to move on to a Peds position. So it wasn't too bad. Yeah. I had another interview several weeks ago. He said, you know, I said, do you have any parting advice for nurses out there? And he said, look, if you're not in the position that you want to be in, he said, don't lose heart. One, you know, pursue what you want, but know that your time now isn't for nothing. You know, your it is nursing knowledge is cumulative and the you know, as more time goes on, you just have no idea how it will serve you and help make you a better nurse, even a pediatric nurse. Um That's that's so true. And know. so much of what we learn in adults, you would think you wouldn't apply it, but I would say about ninety percent of adult nursing is the same as Pete's nursing. Yeah. Um, so much of it can carry over more than you expect it can. Yeah. So how long have you been a nurse? Uh, almost nine years. Yes. Mm -hmm. Gosh, you're almost to the 10 year mark. For me, yeah. the 10 year mark was like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It feels weird every year that I can tack on another year because it's just, it, it's kind of surreal, you know, yeah, it feels it like is. just yesterday I was in nursing school, but then at the same time, if I try to remember specific things about nursing school, it was kind of a blur. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I think everyone feels that way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So fast forward, you mm -hmm. become a nurse writer. How does one make that transition? I mean, did you, did you always love to write? I did. I okay. did. Um, I have always loved to write ever since I was really young. Um, when I was a preteen slash teenager, um, writing was super therapeutic for me. I guess I was, you know, like most of us, I had that, that teenage angst and, and yes. um, writing really helped me express myself. Um, I wrote a lot of poetry and short stories during that time. You know, even, you know, in nursing school, I, yeah. I really enjoyed the writing portions. I enjoyed the research papers. A lot of nurses didn't, you know, they hated that part of nursing school, but yes. I liked it. Um, and, and I was good at it. And, and for me, we all we all love to know what we're good at and to, and to feel like we're good at something. And that's exactly how I was with writing. And um, I always got great be great um, feedback from my teachers. And um, I had a lot of English teachers growing up tell me that I should pursue a writing career. So, yeah, yeah, I've, I've always really enjoyed writing. It's been a, a passion of mine. Yeah. So at what point in your nursing career were you like, hmm, I can marry these two things together? I, it was, um, it, it was never when I was at bedside, that's for sure. I, I, um, I went from bedside to, um, after I got my MSN, I moved into education Okay. and, um, I taught in an LPM program and then I moved on to a BSM program. Um, and while I was teaching in the BSM program, I got pregnant 
And so once I was on maternity leave, I pretty much knew that I didn't want to go back. Um, and so that's when I started really exploring what can I do remotely, but I really wanted something that could give me the flexibility that I needed to stay home with my daughter because I didn't want to put her in daycare yet. And so that is actually when I discovered nurse writing. I, I didn't know about it as a bedside nurse, and I didn't even really know about it as, uh, as an educator. It was only when I was on maternity leave that I started really exploring that I found out about it. Yeah. So how did you get into it? How did you learn? It was honestly through, uh, through LinkedIn. So I, um, I, I came across it totally by accident on LinkedIn because I, when I started looking at remote positions, I was like, well, I guess I need to get on there and update my profile. And because it'd been a while, you know, so I was like, I was like, all right, I guess it's time to start updating some stuff. And when I was on there, it it was so random. I, I, a girl popped up in my people you may know section and her heading said nurse writer. And I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I literally just, I was like, what do we get nurse writer? So I literally typed nurse writer into the search bar just out of curiosity, on LinkedIn as a curiosity. And a bunch of people popped up and it was just like a light bulb moment. And so I kind of, you know, kind of went into stalker mode and uh, had to check these people out because I was like, what does that even mean? And that's how I learned that they were writing for different publications and websites. And um, some of them were doing education, like patient education things or continuing education uh, modules for nurses. And I just had no idea that it was even a thing. And it, it was instantly just like a light bulb went off. And I was like, this could be the thing that helps me stay home, gives me the flexibility, lets me still use my nursing knowledge and marries my love of writing. So it yeah. just seemed perfect. That's so cool. I found, because I was, you know, dinking around on the inter, internet streets and, you know, uh, an ad popped up for, she's a nurse writer and I think she does, has courses on it or something. And I mm-hmm. haven't taken the course, but I read the book or something like that. And she was saying to, she recommended like picking a topic that interests interested you that if you wanted to write so do you have specific topics that you write on or do you just write on everything um we kind of have what's called it's called a niche and it's it's basically just a broad category that you write in Um, and you can scale down even further if you want to like if I only wanted to write health articles that were uh peds focused or, you know, focused on children, I could, but I kind of just stick to just health in general. So I write articles. I do write a lot of peds articles because that's my nursing specialty. Um, but I I do write some for, um, adult health as well. Um, and then I also do parenting articles just because that's something that interests me, but it's also something you can really tie your nursing knowledge into as far as safety and, and, and things like that. And then I also write nursing news articles, um, as well. So I think those are the ones that I've read on nurse.org. Yeah. The ones that yeah. you've uh, linked. I'm like, this yeah. is so cool. Yeah. I yeah. Know. So I, I'm, I'm specifically a news writer for them. So I'm able okay. to, I, I'm one of the writers that do any of their, their breaking news that they want, you know, they want to put the article out pretty quickly within like a 24 hour turnaround. Um, so cool. I do that. And it's, it's so much fun. And, and that, that part of just being like, 
the research portion and really diving into these stories and these, you know, lawsuits and stuff. Oh, it's, it's really fun. Yeah. I think that appeals to me just in general, because uh, when I started this podcast, you know, this isn't news or breaking news, but it's interviewing people, yeah. which is, you know, related to, you know, journalism. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a journalist at all, but, you know, uh, learning how to interview someone and finding interviews and digging a little deeper and doing a little research and that sort of thing. So I think that's so cool. I wanted to illustrate um, or point out, you and I were talking before we got started, that a lot of these journalists who are writing these articles are not nurses and have no health background. Ayla, how can that even be? <laughs> uh I don't know. I don't know. I think, (laughs) I think uh, it's true. And I think, I think the tides are changing and I do think clients are starting to recognize the value of having an actual medical professional write their content for them. But, but it's true that there's still a lot of articles that are written by people who don't have any sort of medical background. And I, I don't know if it's partially just because medical professionals, nurses, doctors, pharmacists, whoever don't realize that this is an option. And you don't have to do this full time. You could do this part time. You can do it as like a a side hustle, if you will. You know, and I just think, I think it's lack of awareness. I think it's uh, at the end of the day, people just don't know nursing nurses or other healthcare professionals don't know that this is even an option. I think at least, well, maybe this is projecting. So I'll just speak with myself for myself. I think I thought that everyone who wrote these articles were journalists mm-hmm. and they somehow had this specialty of healthcare. But if you can find a healthcare professional that actually has more knowledge and then not teach them, but you know, they can hone their own writing skills, I think that would lend so much more credence to the information in the article. I mean, that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, um, I, I think that, you know, journalists who, you know, have spent their careers within the health sector, within healthcare, certainly they have things to offer. I mean, they, they've obviously right. have, have a lot of experience in, in researching and that kind of thing. But I feel like there's really, there's no substitute for the knowledge and clinical experience that we bring to the table, especially in informative educational health articles that's really where nurses can shine because nurses are master educators at the bedside we educate all the time we're constantly teaching our patients and their family members about all sorts of different things and you know their discharge instructions and how to take care of themselves at home and so we already have the talent and the, the ability to educate the public it's yeah. just ter- going from doing that verbally in a hospital setting to doing that through the written word. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we definitely have something very special and unique that we can offer that really benefits the, the client and the publication too, because having a nurse writing your content is a huge, um, a, f- a huge positive, you know, it, it adds credibility to their, yeah. to their website and to their publication. If someone sees a nurse wrote this, they're going to trust it more. Yes. And so that, that's really valuable. And I, I feel like you can't, um, you can't undercut that. Yeah. Especially like I take you for an example, you know, you were a peds nurse and then, so now I have a peds nurse writing an article about pediatric healthcare. I'm listening. Right. I'm listening. 
exactly. versus a journalist. And that's not to put down regular journalists. But if I have a nurse who's been doing this for 10 years and now they're telling me about it, I'm listening. Exactly. So, okay. And I, so this entire podcast is that this is an option for nurses that maybe they didn't know about, right? So, Ayla, what does a typical day look like for you? You said you could do it part-time. I'm sure you could do it full-time if you wanted. What does a typical day and week look like for you as a nurse writer? I think if you asked different nurse writers that question, you would get a different answer from each of them. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's what's so great about it. That's what's so great about being a nurse writer because your day can be as flexible as you want it to be. Uh, for me, it, it is my only job right now. And so when I went on maternity leave, I didn't return to my original job and I started freelance writing. So for me, I write when my baby naps because family yeah. is still my, still my, my main focus. So what I do is I write when she naps. She, uh, she does three naps a day right now. So I get in about three hours of writing a day. And then if I have a really pressing deadline, I'll also write when she goes to bed. Um, or I'll write on the weekends when my husband is free, you know, to watch her. So that that's my um, schedule right now, basically. Yeah. Um, so it's part time. Yeah, it's it's literally it's part time, and you can kind of just you can make it be whatever you want it to be. You can, that's the great thing about it is you can completely control uh, how many clients you take on, how many projects you can commit to in a week. There's so much control and flexibility there. You can do it, like I said, as a, like a part-time side hustle sort of thing and keep your, your regular job. And I've met a lot of nurses who do do that, especially when they're just testing it out and trying to see, is this something I can actually do? They'll write, um, part-time and still have another normal (laughs) day job. So it's, it's very flexible, which is, I love that because I, uh, I'm a big proponent of Okay. So say there's a nurse, she's working at the bedside and she wants to make a change. She wants to pivot. Well, she or he, they may not have the luxury of just quitting. We're like, okay, well, what else can I do? Enter side hustle. All right. Let me try something on the side. See if I can gain some traction with this and then maybe take a leap if they want to, or if not, just keep it on the side. And I think this is the perfect opportunity or at least what am I trying to say? The perfect specialty to do that with, you know, to just try it out. So how would, what tips would you give a nurse if they're like, Hey, I think I want to try that. What do I need to do? Or what are some resources or what would you suggest? Well, if you, I mean, if you want to try it, honestly, the internet is your oyster. Like that, that is something that I learned from the get go. There are so many free resources on what has helped me the most, especially in the beginning, was just following other freelance writers, especially nurse writers, um, following them on LinkedIn, following them on Instagram. I learned a ton just from watching their posts um, and and talking to them and interacting with them and just kind of building um, that relationship, like a kind of you know like a friendship, internet friend. There's also a few great uh, Facebook groups that um, are geared toward freelance writers. Um, I've learned a lot from those as well. As far as classes. Maybe an unpopular opinion. I absolutely do not think you have to take a course or a class to do this. Um, there are a lot of people on social media who are selling really expensive courses that promise, you know, freelance writing success. And some of them even act like you have no chance of doing well without their course, which I find, you know, very deceptive and misleading. Um, 
And, and it's simply not true. Um, you don't have to invest in an expensive course to do this. And I don't want anyone who is looking into being a nurse writer think that you have to or, or be persuaded by those ads that this is you have to take the course. You don't. Um, you, you don't. If you're if you're willing to put in the work of of following people, researching stuff like learning on your own, there are plenty of free resources out there where you can do that. Um, you really just need to be a good writer and, and a good self, a self editor. Uh, and when I say good writer, I think uh, ideally this isn't just your perception, you know, but hopefully you've had other people, teachers, coworkers, someone else has told you, you're really good at this. You're a really good writer because because not everyone's a good writer. Right. I mean, it's, it's just it's just the truth of it. So I think it helps for you to have had, received that feedback in the past from someone um, other than your family, right? That, other than that mom. says you're a good writer, <laughs> right? Other than mom or someone who has to tell you you're good. I think that part's really important, but yeah, I mean, you really just need the writing talent and, and you need to be good at research and enjoy researching because that's a big part of any, um, any writing job is going to involve a lot. So yeah. that's, that's really what you, you know, what you need to get started. And then once, once you feel like, okay, I have that, I think, the other thing is that's important is you just have to think about what you want to write about, which mm-hmm. we kind of talked about with a niche, like as a nurse, health is kind of a no brainer, right? right? Because you feel like that's where you're most qualified to write about. Um, but maybe you have other things that you're interested in or other hobbies um, that you may want to write about as well. So you kind of have to think about that because when you're looking at jobs, they're going to have a very specific topic, you know, or, 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 um, space that they write in. So you're going to need to know what you're interested in writing in first. And are you interested in articles or blog posts or education materials specifically? You can do all of them, but you just kind of need to know what you're willing to write and what you're like, "Mm, I don't think that's really for me. Yeah. Um, cause that helps you narrow down your, uh, your, your search as well. Yeah. Um, I was going to, ask, I think I saw it on your Instagram. Um, Mm -hmm. it was about handling rejection. I think Mm -hmm. that you posted something about that because the truth is writers, nurses out there, not every article that you submit for consideration is going to get a yes. So Ayla, how do you handle that? And you, do you just have to get thick skin and be like, Oh, well next. (laughs) Kind of. Kind of. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, rejection hurts, you know, yeah. and, um, it's hard not to take it personally. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely someone who thrives off of, uh, praise and validation yeah. from others. That may be a, a, a negative, but that's, it's just true. That's just my personality. That's your love right? language. Have you heard of the yeah, love languages? That yeah. is mine for sure. It yeah. is. So, uh, so yeah, like if, if, when I don't get that and certainly if I get rejected, um, it, it, it sucks. And I've definitely had a few clients flat out reject me, reject my idea, reject my pitch, as you call it. Yeah. Um, or on the other side, you may have them um, just not respond at all. Yeah. Right. They don't get they don't give you a rejection. They don't even honor you with a rejection. They just don't respond at all. <laughs> you get um, nothing. <laughs> right. Or you've had a good conversation and then they just ghost you. That happens too. Um, so it's, it's like you said, like you kind of just have to roll with it and move on, um, which can be tough for certain personality types for sure. Um, but there are so many clients out there and I'm learning that more and more, um, that, um, you know, 
there, there's so many options and you kind of just, okay, thank you next. Because, um, and, and I think about it too, that kind of helps me or it kind of helps me to think about it as maybe that rejection or the ghosting, maybe it was just a sign, you know, maybe they were actually a nightmare to work with, or maybe they, um, you know, weren't going to, it just wasn't going to be a good fit. And so that kind of helps me. I like to think of it that way and just keep on keeping on. Yeah. How do you handle someone, say you make your pitch, they like your idea, you write the article and then they're a little tough to work with. Do you just make a note and say, mm, I don't think I want to write for them again? <laughs> I think, I think it's, for me, there's degrees of mm. difficulty to work with, yeah. right? Um, and so I have so far have not had a client that I was, that was very difficult to work with um, to the point that I was like, maybe I should break this off, um, okay. which you okay. can definitely do. And there's, and there's ways to do that amicably and, and professionally. Yeah. For me, it's all about um, having good communication because typically for those clients that are a little bit, you know, a little bit strict or a little bit um, of, of kind of harder, then you really have to make sure that you communicate well with them, that their ex- the expectations are clearly communicated so that there is no um, mis misdirect and you're, you, you give them a, a product that, or, a, um, yeah, a product that they're not pleased with. Yeah. Um, so making sure that you're communicating well on what their expectations are and what you can reasonably provide for them in the time frame that they want is yeah. super important. And then, you know, the other half of it is setting boundaries. So some clients don't understand what your hours are or how easily accessible you're willing to be. And so you really have to lay down those boundaries. And again, you do it professionally. You don't do it in a, in a snarky way, but you just let them know, like I, I work Monday through Friday from eight to five. I'm not accessible on the weekends. If you email me over the weekend, I'll get back to you on Monday, that sort of thing. So that there, or if you, if, if you email me at midnight and, and something to think about too, with freelancing, you could have a client on the other side of the world. Right. You could be on completely different time zones. And so, and I do have a client that is on the other side of the world. And so they have to consider when they message me, she's asleep right now. <laughs> so, I, so I can't expect, and they've, and they have been great about understanding yeah. that and they've, and they've never given me any issues about how quickly I respond. But you know, that is something else to consider is freelancing really can be a global thing and you can have global clients. And so it takes both of you to understand, you know, the reasonable expectation of communicating and getting back to each other. Yeah. I find that that drawing those boundaries and setting working hours, not only for nurse writers is that important, but if you work from home in any capacity, you know, if you, if you're a remote nurse, you know, you might have to be on your computer from eight to five, but if you have more flexibility, it's still important to at least communicate to your clients. These are my hours. These are my hours. And then if they can't accept that totally fine, Mm -hmm. but these are still my hours. And so maybe, maybe that isn't the client for you and no harm, no foul, no snarkiness, no rudeness, completely professional, but this is what I can operate within. And then that helps you too, because then you don't overpromise. then you're not stressed and then yes. resentful and angry because this is this entire, well, not the entire reason, but nurse writing, a great thing about it is flexibility. 
And now you've just put yourself in a corner. Don't do that to yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just be honest from the beginning, you know, like just, just go ahead and communicate that, set those expectations so that they know and and there is no confusion. Yeah. I think that's great. So you said, just to review here, if a nurse was interested in doing this, I think Mm -hmm. what you said and earlier in the interview was get on LinkedIn, follow people, see what yeah. they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. I think that's the, that's the first step. If you really just want to just learn more about it and just kind of get a feel or an idea of the flow and what all's out there. Um, and then once you do that and you kind of start following some people, feel free to you know talk to people message them, message me. And once you kind of figure out, okay, maybe this is something I want to do. Um, and you decide, okay, I, and I do want to do in the health niche or whatever. Yeah. Um, the next thing you're going to want to do for sure is, um, create some writing samples. Um, and the reason for that is because clients always want to see writing samples. I've never had someone not ask for an example of your work. It doesn't have to be published. It doesn't have to be featured on a website somewhere or in a magazine or anything like that. It can be a Google doc that you typed up yourself, Okay. but you just need, and you just, um, you you need to make sure that it's kind of tailored to the niche that you want. So if you know, you want to write in the health niche, don't give them a nursing school paper that you wrote about, you know, something random. Like you want to make sure that it's something relevant to whatever publication you're thinking about, whatever area you're thinking about. That's Um, that's such great information. That's such great advice. How long does it need to be? Like how long do your samples need to be? How many words? Honestly, doesn't even have to be over 500 words, um, which is super short. Um, Just, just giving them something. I would write a few different ones um, just so you've got a little bit of variety, especially if you're thinking about doing multiple niches, like with how I do health and parenting, then I would want to have a health and parenting option so that I could have something ready to give to the person that, um, with that specific niche. Right. Like your portfolio, like a little portfolio for each niche. Exactly. It's like a mini portfolio, um, just with some writing samples that you have ready to go because they will absolutely ask for them. Um, and usually they don't want more than one or two. Um, but you definitely want something. Um, and, and just, like I said, do it over anything that interests you. Um, but that way you've got something ready to go to show them. Yeah. That's so smart. Okay. Let's see. So you, so do you have a website? Yes. yes, Do you recommend nurse writers get a website and to look more professional? Is that necessary? Um, I don't think it's necessary when you're first starting out. I ended up getting one when I first started out just because um, I did mine through um, GoDaddy hosting and they were running like a super sale at the end of the year. Um, Like you could buy a domain for like eight bucks or something. And so I was like, okay. So I went ahead and did it just because they were having a sale. But you definitely don't necessarily need it when you first start out. I do think it's a great tool to have though once you start building your portfolio because it allows you the ability to, one, it gives you a... um, a blanket. Here's my website. It has my portfolio and my contact ability in one spot. So I think it, it becomes a really great uh, business tool to just be like, everything you need is right here. But when you're first starting out and you don't have any published material and you just kind of have your writing samples, I don't think it's really necessary um, to have um, 
but yeah, definitely something to think about. Yeah. I've had a few websites for those listening and who are interested to know. I currently have a Shopify website, which is not needed unless you want to do e-commerce, you know, where people are going to buy stuff off your website. I eventually want to add that to the black cheap nurse, but that's, Mm -hmm. so that's where I started. I used to have a home decor business as well. Ayla, FYI, I actually still have it. It's still up. It's called the cornerhaven.com, but that's on Shopify as well. For other people are just wanting to know, um, yes, you can get your domains from GoDaddy. You can also go to Wix. That's mm-hmm. W-I-X. And I think they have some really affordable options. Mm-hmm. If you just want to get something up, if you just right. want to give people a place to go, www.nursewriter.com. I'm sure that's not available. but And then you know, put up a picture of yourself, do about, contact, what your, you know, a picture or something like that. Anyway. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Ayla. So where can people find you on Instagram, on the wide web? Yes. Well, uh, so my website is the rnhealthwriter.com. That's where you can check out my portfolio. There's also a contact page there. So that's one way that you can get a hold of me. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, so you can just search my name. Um, I do have, there are several Ayla Robertses, but if you search with my credentials with MSN RN at the end, okay. I'm the only one that has MSN RN at the end of their name. So that's how you can easily find me. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram at the RN Health Writer. Um, you can reach me there via DM um, or you can yeah, DM me on LinkedIn as well. So yeah, that's how um, I yeah. found you. Ayla was on Instagram. Yeah, that's how we found each other. I know. And I loved all your posts. And then you started posting (laughs) your articles and I was reading the articles. I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. This has been great. This is my first time ever being on a podcast and it's been a blast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Black Sheep Nurse podcast. If you want more, head on over to blacksheepnurse.com for show notes and resources from today's episode. You can also join our email list and the website and have the link to weekly notes delivered directly to your inbox. And if you're looking for more everyday fun and community, join us on Instagram at Black Sheep Nurse.